You're listening to the Fellowship Baptist Church Sermon Podcast. Fellowship Baptist Church is located in Clark Lake, Michigan. Today's message is part of a series called Rooted in Christ by Pastor Daniel White. Now let's prepare our hearts as Pastor White brings forth God's truth from his word today. Proverbs chapter 24, verse 7 through verse 9. As you know, we're on a series uh, concerning the family. Our first message was on the husband-slash-father's responsibility. Next message was on the wife-slash-mother's responsibility. Then we talked about how to raise a spoiled brat, how to use the rod of correction effectively. Last week, we looked at how to turn the heart of a rebel. When we started out, we quoted the verse that Solomon gave us, which is, train up a child in the way that he, what? should go, and when he is old, he will not depart from it. And I asked the question, how many of you think that that is an absolute, rock-solid promise of Scripture? And almost all your hands went up, and mine would have also at one time. But as I begin to understand the book of Proverbs, Proverbs is filled with general principles. The reason we cannot claim that 100% is because we're dealing with the heart of man. We're dealing with the free will. There are children that have been brought up in the nurture and admonition of the Lord that have walked away from the Lord and stayed away from the Lord. So we cannot say with a 100% accuracy that this is a guarantee of Scripture. There are no guarantees because we're dealing with fallen man. As we deal with the subject tonight, how to deal with a fool There are no guarantees. The Bible will tell us what we should do if we're dealing with a foolish person, but there's no guarantees that that fool will turn around and repent and be restored in his or her walk with the Lord. If a fool does not turn around and repent, it's a very good possibility that they'll enter into another stage, and that's called a scorner. And so we're going to be looking next week at what the Bible says needs to be done if you are dealing with a scorner. But let's begin here at verse 7 of Proverbs chapter 24. It says, wisdom, that is God's wisdom, is too high for a fool. He can't understand it. He can't accept it. He rejects the wisdom of God. It's too high for a fool, because he operates on such a low base level. He openeth his mouth in the gate. He's a blabbermouth. Says in verse 8, He that deviseth to do evil, this is referring to the fool, shall be called a mischievous person. A foolish person is very mischievous. It says in verse 9, The thoughts of the foolish is what? sin. So it is sin to be a foolish person. The thoughts of the foolish is sin and the scorner. There's a difference between a fool and a scorner. And the scorner is an abomination to men. Heavenly Father, I pray you'd bless the preaching and the teaching of your word tonight as we look at what you have to tell us about about the fool and how he or she is to be dealt with. In Jesus' name we pray, amen. 
All right, I'll come down here and join you tonight. The Bible says in Psalm 92 and verse 6, a brutish. When you find the word brutish in Scripture, that's a word that we don't use very often. simply means stupid. You've heard me say that word uh, often in my preaching. It's a biblical word. All right? I could use the word brutish, but no one knows what I'm talking about. So a stupid man knoweth what? Doesn't know. It's foolish. A brutish man knoweth not, neither doth a fool, what? Understand. They just simply do not have understanding. If they had understanding, they wouldn't be a they wouldn't be a fool. So obviously that is true. So let's look at what a definition of a fool is. It's one who lacks in reason and who lacks in understanding. Now, does a fool believe that they lack in reason and understanding? No, they think they know it all. That's why it's so difficult to deal with a fool. It's a person who acts unwisely. Everyone else can see the unwise decisions that they're making, but they can't see them for themselves because they don't have understanding. One who has little or no judgment... No common sense. One who is a simpleton. Actually, the dictionary definition went on. It says one who is an idiot. But I don't want to put that up there. I thought I might offend one of you. Let's give you a description of the fool. The book of Proverbs gives us 57 verses. Describe, this is just the book of Proverbs. 57 verses describing the nature of fool. And here are just a few of them that we are going to look at, and then we're going to take a test. All right? Are you up for a test tonight? No? If you don't pass this test tonight, this message is for you. One of the outstanding characteristics of a fool is that they will not what? They will not listen to sound counsel. You know why they won't listen? Because they have understanding, and their understanding is, I know it all. But God says they have no understanding at all. So we're going to take a test. All right? This test is given to us by God in the book of Proverbs. And let's get honest with ourselves. And I really want to speak to young people here tonight. So many foolish young people. It doesn't have to be that way. So let's look at the test of Scripture as it pertains to a fool. The Bible said, the fear of the Lord is the beginning of knowledge, but fools, what? Fools despise wisdom and instruction. They don't want to hear it because they know best. The way of the fool is what? Right in his own eyes. But he hearkeneth unto counsel is wise. The fool makes a mock of what? Mocks sin. They even mock the consequences of sin. They can see sin played out in others' lives, but you know what? It's not going to touch me. I'm too smart for that. The tongue of the wise useth knowledge aright, but the mouth of fools poureth out what? Foolishness out of the abundance of the heart the mouth speaketh. 
A fool despiseth his father's instruction. But he that regardeth reproof is prudent. Just another uh, adjective for wise. Understanding is a wellspring of life unto him that hath it. But the instruction of fools is folly. A fool hath no delight in understanding, but that his heart may discover itself. Here's what a fool says. I just need to make my own mistakes. I just need to find out who I really am. What? I have to discover myself. That is a clear statement of someone who's a fool. I gotta discover myself. A fool's lips entereth into contention. They like to argue about things. And his mouth calleth for strokes. This word strokes there means argument or strife. A fool's mouth is his destruction, and his lips are the snare of his soul. It is an honor for a man to cease from strife, but every fool will be meddling. Likes to meddle in other people's business. Social media. Wisdom is too high for what? For a fool. A fool uttereth all his mind. He doesn't have much of it, but what he's got, he uttereth all of his mind. And a wise man, what? Keepeth it in. These are just a few of the 57 verses that describe for us the character and conduct of a fool. So let's look at what Proverbs has to say. I just simply went through and just um, put them up here. He does not hearken unto wise counsel. He trusts in his own heart. He walks in his own ways. He does that which is right in his own eyes. He is full of pride. He is deceitful. He's a liar, always likes to deceive, cover up. He's unable to comprehend sound wisdom and instruction. He is immature. He loves the world as a dog loves vomit. We're going to look at that verse tonight. He delights in folly and mischief. He, makes, he mocks sin and the consequences of sin. He has a hard heart. He despiseth his father and his mother. Isn't it interesting how over and over and over again, Solomon begs his son to give him his heart and cautions him about not listening to him and his mother's instruction. He refuses to listen to his father and his mother. Again, he knows best. He disobeys father and mother. His mouth poureth out foolishness. He feeds on foolishness. Just loves doing foolish things. Acting foolish. Again, we're going we're gonna to look more about all the foolishness that's out there on social media today. His lips are full of contention or argument and strife. He rejects the commandments of the Lord. He causes sorrow, breaks the heart of mom and dad and 
of others who love him and his siblings and cares, care about them and his church family breaks their heart. He sows discord. He seeks prosperity. He's materialistically minded. Desires fulfillment of uh, fleshly desires. He is sensual. What's a, another word we would use for sensual? Immoral. His ways lead to what? Now, does he believe that? Does he even believe these things about himself? Or does she believe these things about herself? No. And even when confronted with them, will most likely deny that. So the question I have for you tonight is, are you a fool? As we were going through each one of these statements made by God through Solomon, was there a prick in your heart saying, that's me? What is the root problem? Can you tell me before I put it up there? What is the root problem of a fool? Absolutely. It's prideful rebellion. This is the root. This is, this is what all of these other characteristics and conducts come from. It's from a heart that's full of pride. The Bible said in 1 Timothy 6 and verse 4, very interesting, it says he is proud. That word proud is the same root word from which we get the word foolish. That's why I put the word foolish up there. He is proud knowing what? He knows nothing. Pride has completely blinded his mind and his heart. Lacks submission to authority. Again, he wants to be, she wants to be their own boss. It's an act or a state of open resistance to authority. Now, what did we learn last week about the rebel? What did we learn? They will not submit to authority. Rebellion is as the sin of what? Witchcraft. God pulls no punches. You're rebellious. You're out from underneath authority. You have enter, literally lent, entered into the realm where Satan roams. A fool the Bible says, must be strongly rebuked. I think often we take it too easy on the fool. But they need to be confronted and they need to be rebuked. Does the Bible confront them and rebuke them very strongly? Yes or no? Yes. Now, does anyone like to be confronted with their sin? Especially a fool. But the Bible said that it's necessary. Now, in this passage of Scripture, it says this. A whip for the what? How do you break a horse? With a whip. A whip for the horse, a bridle for the ass, and a rod for the back of the... Excuse me, a rod for the fool's back. So in the same way a horse is broken or an ass is broken... Says a fool's his pride, that stubbornness, that rebellion needs to be broken. Then it says something very interesting here, and I underlined this. 
It says, answer not a fool according to his folly. Lest thou also be like unto him. Don't get caught up in debate and argumentation. It needs to be confronted, but don't get caught up in that argument and debate with him. Then it says this, answer a fool. Now, first of all, it says, answer not. Now it says, answer a fool according to his folly, lest he be wise in his own conceit. So yes, confront him. No, don't. Yes, do. Now, are we or aren't we? As he that uh, bindeth a stone in a sling, so is he that giveth honor to a fool. Don't ever honor a fool. Are you with me? Don't do it. The passage goes on. Well, first of all, I got, uh, got the little out of order. But this is Albert Barnes, and he explains to us, I think, in a wonderful way, uh, what this verse means where it says, answer a fool, but don't answer a fool. Listen to what he says. These verses present two sides of a truth. To answer a fool according to his folly in verse 4 is to place yourself on his level by engaging in shameful argumentation and debate. Does that do any good? Then he says this, to answer a fool according to his folly in verse 5 is to say the right words at the right time to expose his folly, to rebuke his unsound wisdom, to confront his untruth with the truth. I thought that was an excellent explanation on how to deal with a fool. The passage goes on. The great God that formed all things both rewardeth the fool and rewardeth the transgressor. Now, is he going to reward them with blessing? What is he rewarding them with? Cursing, the consequences of their foolishness. So the Lord will take care of the fool. The Lord will reward him. As a dog returneth to his vomit. Now, have we heard that anywhere in the New Testament? Who said that in the New Testament? No, it was Peter. He said, a dog is returned to its vomit and the pig to its wallowing in the mire. It would have been better for them not to have known the ray of righteousness than after they have known it to turn away from the holy commandment. For the pig is returned to its wallowing in the mire and the dog to its vomit. I just want to tell you something. That's very graphic. If you are a fool here tonight and you could not pass that test that Solomon gave us, Lord said, you're just like a dog eating its own vomit. See thou a man wise in his own conceit? There is more hope for a fool than him. So a fool, now second, a fool must be corrected. A fool must be rebuked and rebuked very strongly. A fool must also be corrected or disciplined. Proverbs 17 verse 10 says, A reproof entereth more into a wise man than a hundred stripes into a fool. Judgments are prepared for a scorner and stripes for the back of fools. 
foolishness is bound in the heart of a child, but the rod of correction shall drive it what? Far from him. So a fool has to be rebuked, and a fool has to have correction and discipline brought upon them. You just can't let them go on in their foolishness. If you're a parent, you have to deal with it. You have to discipline it. Uncorrected foolishness will lead to what? Yeah, they'll get to the next stage. Or they absolutely will not listen at all. When one progresses and goes from a fool to a scorner, there's a whole different level on how to deal with them. And we'll talk about that next week. Matter of fact, the Bible says, cast out the scorner and strife will what? They'll cease. So there's a whole different way to deal with a scorner than there is with a fool. Tonight we're dealing with what the Bible says about a fool. So a fool has to be what? Rebuked. A fool has to be corrected or disciplined. And then the Bible says a fool must be silenced. Why? Because his mouth poureth out foolishness. The tongue of the wise useth knowledge aright, but the mouth of fools poureth out foolishness. Now, this is a very interesting verse. For so is the will of God, that with well-doing ye may put to what? Silence the ignorance. There's one thing about the Bible you will never find political correctness in any of the Bible. I mean, the Bible calls it for what it is. That you may put to silence the ignorance of who? Foolish men. Foolish men are ignorant men. And so they have to be put to silence. And here it says the way to do this is through well-doing. What is Peter saying? Well, one of the ways to silence a fool is by applying positive examples of submission that they can see. All right? To put them in a good place. Pull them away from their foolish friends and put them in a place where they can have a good, positive role models to look at. Lord willing, here at the end of the session, we're going to hear from the governor of Kentucky and what he has to say about what's going on in our culture today. We have a culture that's void of good, godly role models. And so we just have a proliferation of foolishness. Let's look at some of these methods that we've talked about in learning submission. We have to have strong what? Rebuke. We have to have correction and you have to have discipline. You have to have good, positive examples, good role models for these fools to look at. Because a fool has a rebellious spirit, he will not always listen to rebuke or respond to correction. He may, and notice I put the word may in there, he may be reached through positive role models. So sometimes it's necessary to just take the fool and get them out of their environment and put them in a good environment where they have good godly role models around them. A fool must be removed from foolish and rebellious friends. If they are allowed to hang around their foolish and rebellious friends, what does that breed? 
more foolishness, and more rebellion. Does that mean that their friends aren't nice? No. You can have someone that's very nice, but they're very foolish and very rebellious. Anyone that encourages a fool in their foolishness is a fool themselves. So if you are struggling with foolishness here tonight, you need to, if no one else will, you need to pull yourself out of that and surround yourself with good, godly role models who are under authority. Fool must have good, godly examples that they can observe and they can pattern their lives after. Paul said to Timothy, Be thou a what? Example of the believer in word, in the words that you say, in your conversation, in the way that you live your life, in your love, your spirit, your faith, and your purity. So you want to find good, godly role models who have good words, good manner of life, have love and spirit and faith and are morally pure. Hopefully that defines us as parents. Amen? Hopefully we are the role models that our children can look to and say, my parents' words are, are good words. The way they live their life is godly. Their love, their spirit, their attitude, their faith and the purity, good, good role models for me to follow. Hopefully their authorities, their friends, and their peers are those that they can look to as good examples. The Bible says, flee also youthful lust. Say this with me, read it with me. But follow what? Righteousness, faith, charity, peace with them that call on the Lord out of a pure heart. Them that call on the Lord out of a pure heart. You need to have the right kinds of friends. If your friends are not encouraging you in your walk with the Lord as David and Jonathan encouraged each other in the Lord, if your friends are pulling you down instead of lifting you up, they are not your friends. They may appear to be your friends. They may act like your friends. We're going to talk in a minute. They may even be supporting you. But sometimes the worst thing that could happen is for you to be supported. Don't ever support a fool in their foolishness. Fools need to be, in, excuse me, fools must not be encouraged in their foolishness. I cannot bring forth these points more strongly here tonight. Don't support a fool. The Bible says, brethren, if any of you err from the truth, and one convert him, he draws him back. He's not talking about being saved. He's talking about a saved person here that needs to be brought back to the Lord. Let him, that he which converteth the, converteth the sinner from the error of his way, shall save a soul from death, and shall hide a multitude of sins. Don't support them. Don't support them. The best thing you can do is con to confront them and try to convert them and try to bring them back to God and back under authority. Next, don't enable fools. So many of us enable foolish behavior because of the love that we have in our heart for that person. 
We think we're doing something loving, but we're not at all. We're enabling them to continue on in their foolish behavior. And yet the Bible says, And the Lord direct your hearts into the love of God. And now he explains what the love of God is in this context. Now we command you, brethren, in the name of the Lord Jesus Christ, that ye withdraw yourself from every brother that walketh disorderly, and not after the traditions which he received of us, or the way that we've brought them up. Now, can you get any clearer than this in Scripture? No. You don't in Able them. You actually withdraw yourself from them. One of the reasons why a fool stays in their foolishness is because those who are around them do not withdraw themselves and, and say, Sorry, I'm not going to bail you out. Have you ever noticed bailouts never help anybody? All bailouts do is enable someone to live irresponsibly. God is not in the bailing out business. Next, don't act as if nothing is wrong. Something is desperately wrong. They're out of fellowship with God. They are offending other believers in Christ. They're causing other people to stumble in Christ. They're being a bad testimony for the name of Christ. There's a lot of things wrong. And so when someone is acting in a foolish manner and playing the fool, and we just kind of overlook it, hey, it's all right. It's not all right. The Bible said open rebuke is better than secret love. Faithful are the wounds of a what? friend. But the kisses of an enemy are deceitful. Now who would ever let an enemy kiss them? A fool. They don't even recognize that that person is an enemy. They see the person who's trying to bring correction into their life as the enemy. That's how void of understanding that a fool is. The Bible says that these things speak and exhort and rebuke with all authorities. It's the authority of Scripture that is behind the rebuke. Let no man despise thee. Next. Is seek to turn their hearts back to God and their parents. One of the things Ben and I always do when we're dealing with young people is turn them back to God and to their parents. Back to God and to their parents. Listen to me. You never, ever turn a child's heart away from their mother or father. Ever. You always turn it back. Turn it back. Turn it back. So anyone that's encouraging you to turn your heart away from your mother and father, that is the kisses of a what? Of an enemy. They're not your friend. Malachi, and he shall turn the hearts of the fathers to the children and the hearts of the children to the fathers, lest I come and smite the earth with a curse. Our country has been cursed. Turn their hearts back to home. Encourage their repentance. We're not hanging out with the fool and having fun with them. 
What are we doing when we come in contact with them? We're encouraging them to what? Repent, get right with God, get right with your mom and dad, get back under authority. Tell him his fault between thee and him alone. If he shall hear thee, thou hast gained thy brother. Brethren, if a man be overtaken in a fault, ye which are spiritual, restore such a one in the spirit of meekness. So our goal here is restoration. And by the way, let me say this. There can be no restoration without repentance. That's why we're always dealing with the repentance aspect. We're not supporting them. Do you notice something about the prodigal son? It wasn't until he lost all of his resources that he turned around and came back home. Something really had to shake him to his core. Yes, and often, you will have to separate from the fool. Now I beseech you, brethren, mark them which cause divisions and offenses, and fools do this. That's why whenever I'm dealing with the fool and trying to get them to be right with God, I tell them, you've got to clear your conscience. You've got to go back and make things right. Now I beseech you, brethren, mark them which cause divisions and offenses contrary to the doctrine which ye have learned, and what? Avoid them. You mark them. This is a fool. This is someone who has hurt the cause of Christ. You've maybe tried to rebuke them and turn them back. If they're unwilling to do so, says, avoid them. For they that are such serve not the Lord Jesus Christ, but their own belly, their own flesh, and by good words and fair speech. This is what I'll tell you about the good words and fair speech, is they're always playing the victim. It's always someone else's fault for the way that they're behaving and the way that they're living. And I'll tell you what, one of the things about a fool is that they are liars. They will lie, they will twist, they will manipulate, they will make things sound like it's everyone else's fault but not theirs. And you know how to really find out whether they're telling the truth or not? Talk to their mother and father. Talk to their brothers and sisters. Talk to those who know them best, and then you'll get a true picture. 2 Thessalonians 3.14 And if any man obey not our word by this epistle, note that man and have no company with him, that he may be what? Ashamed. Someone who is playing the fool and doing what the fool does should be what? Ashamed. They should not be supported. They should not be encouraged. They should absolutely be ashamed of their behavior. Young people, I would encourage you to have enough courage to say, I can't be friends with you anymore. I cannot have contact with you. I will not be influenced by you. I am not going to hang around you. I want to tell you something. You listen to me. If we would get a hold of these biblical principles, and we would all do it. Are you with me, church family? We would see more fools turn around and not enter into the scorning stage. 
But I have watched as a pastor foolish behavior even being encouraged in the church. Should never be so. The need of learning submission is something that we all need to learn. And are we all under authority? Every single one of us are under authority. An act of submitting, surrendering or yielding to authority. An attitude of reverence in which a person voluntarily places himself under the control of another or others. Can I tell you something? That's life. Get over it. That's life. And if you can't get over it, go join the military. Okay? Seriously, if you can't get over it, go join some branch of the military. In 2 Peter chapter 2, all the way through chapter 5, you can see the verses up there. It applies the principle of submission to four areas of life, and we touched on these last week. There is earthly rulers. There are those who employ you, your employer. There is obviously the family. And then there is pastoral leadership. These are the four areas of authority that God has established. If we are going to be right with God, then we have to be right in our relationship to all four of these authorities that God has established. Yes or no? So here we have the family under authority. We have governmental authority, we have the church, and we have business. All four areas that we are to be under authority. Who is the one that delegates authority? The powers that be are ordained of who? Guess what? God did not make a mistake when he had you born into the family you were born in. God did not make a mistake when he brought you here to Fellowship Baptist Church and you joined us in membership. God did not make a mistake by putting you in your area of employment. Okay? God, things cannot function decent, decently and in order without authority. Do you always have to agree with your authority to obey them? Obviously not. But you have to obey authority unless they're asking you to do something that is totally contrary to Scripture. And then we're under God's authority. And we talked about that last week. Okay? So here you have God's authority. And God said, if you will stay under authority, if you will stay in an attitude of submission to your authority, God will give you the protection that you need, and God will bring blessing into your life. Now, how many of you want protection? How many of you want blessing? Then get under authority. It's the only way you're going to get it. Very dangerous to be out from under authority. So be submissive. You'll have protection and you'll have the blessing of God. All right? 
Now, if we had a whole room full of fools here, okay, and we don't, but let's say we had a whole room full of foolish people here. As I would be teaching this, you know what they'd be doing? Snarling, looking upset, being angry, looking away. Because they don't believe this. Whether you believe this or not, this is truth. And either you believe it and you accept it now, or you will believe it by experience later. Um, I was having coffee with one of the men in our church this morning. Uh, this is Bill. We were having coffee and we... Uh, I was talking to another man, Matt, about this same thing here just recently. That what a fool does, what a fool does, this is what they do, is they say, well, look at how other people live their lives. And they went out there and they lived in the world and they messed their lives up and now they're walking with God and everything's okay for them. It's okay for me to do that too. They justify what someone else has done by walking away from the Lord and saying, well, I'm justified to do the very same thing because they did and now they're living for God and God's blessing them. Hang on to that thought. Hang on to that thought. On this other side, you have Satan, who walks round, what? Round about, seeking whom he may devour. On this side, you have rebellion, you have destruction, and you have cursing. Now, now please don't raise your hand. I'd be so broken hearted if someone raised their hand. But who wants this? When you can have submission, protection, and blessing, who would want rebellion, destruction, and cursing? Who? The fool. Why? Because he or she doesn't believe it. They're void of understanding. They have been deceived. So out from under authority they go, and Satan, like a roaring lion, devours them. Best to always stay under God's protection. Amen, church? And under his blessing. So let's look at some motivations that we should have to live a submissive life. 1 Peter chapter 2, verse 11 to verse 25, study it out, explains the motivation that a believer should have in submitting to God and to God-ordained authority. First of all, we're to do it for the sake of the lost. Listen, you are a testimony to lost people. Like it or not, you are a testimony. You're a good testimony, you're a bad testimony, but you are a testimony. Can you undermine the ministry of Fellowship Baptist Church by the way you live? Can you undermine the testimony of your parents by the way that you live? Can you hinder a lost person from coming to Christ by the way that you live? And believe me, lost people will jump on that when they're under conviction. Second, the Bible said we're to do it for the Lord's sake. We're to do it for the sake of those who are lost and need Christ. And God will hold you accountable for that one. 
We need to do it for the Lord's sake. Look at what the Lord has done for us. He went to the cross for us. Do it for the Lord's sake. Then it says, do it for the sake of the fool, so you can be a testimony to the fool. Live a godly life for the sake of the fool. And then the Bible says, do it for the sake of yourself. Isn't that interesting? Do it for the sake of the lost. Do it for the sake of the Lord. Do it for the sake of the one who's playing the fool. And do it for your own sake. The discipline of the Lord is real. Now, is the Lord long-suffering, merciful, patient? But his spirit doesn't always strive with men either. My son, my son, despise not the chastening of the Lord. Do you think that Solomon had a son who was rebellious? My son. Chapter 1, my son, chapter 2, my son, chapter 3, my son, chapter 4, my son, chapter 5, my son, chapter 6, my son, chapter 7, my son, my son, my son! My son, despise not the chastening of the Lord, neither be weary of his correction. Whom the Lord loveth, he what? Chasteneth and scourgeth every son whom he receiveth. It's common. To the fool... Unless you repent, it's coming. But Satan lies. And even though the fool may hear and the fool may read and the fool may be confronted with all the information that I'm bringing to you tonight, he still is listening to the devil. And what does the devil tell the fool? Your life is horrible being a Christian. That's awful. Look at all the rules and restrictions and regulations. and Look at how legalistic that church is. Well, we heard that one. Those old commandments? Those don't apply to today. You're, they're, they're restricting your freedom, your right to choose. And the fool's like... And Jesus said, just focus on me. Just keep your eyes on me. Get thee behind me, Satan. And then the devil comes and says, there's no consequence. How many of you has Satan said that to you in the past? There's no consequence. Someone else... Not you. Be sure your sin will find you out. Sin offers sinful pleasures, but it always hides the price tag. Do you got this, church? There's a price to be paid. And that's why others will share with you the mistakes that they've made. And only a fool would say, well, I need to make those for myself. The biggest lie that 
that Satan has ever perpetrated upon our young people is you will not reap what you sow. Can I tell you something? That is a law of God. That is a law of nature. You will reap what you sow. You know why? Because God will not be mocked by you. You may mock God, and you may mock the consequences of your sin, but God will not be mocked. It's the biggest lie that Satan has ever told, especially our Christian young people. So let me ask you a question. True or false? What you sow, will you reap? How many say yes? What does Satan say? Who are you going to believe? We mentioned the prodigal son last week. That rebellious, foolish son. This is the brother, the older brother, who was always so loyal and faithful to his father, watching his younger brother demand his inheritance and for whatever reason leave. Now, let me, let me say this. You couldn't get a better father than this guy right here because he represented God himself. He was a, he was a good father to this son. For whatever reason, this son was going to play the fool. Sin has pleasure for what? Season. Do you got that? Seasons change, don't they? By the way, seasons can change quite quickly. It can be sunshiny one day and four inches of snow tomorrow. But sin has pleasure for a season. The fool's out enjoying the pleasures of what? Was the prodigal enjoying the pleasures of sin? Yes or no? Was it pleasurable what he was doing? Yep. Very pleasurable to the flesh. Didn't have his father telling him to do the chores. Didn't have to get up and go to school. Could go where he wanted to. Stay up as late as he wanted. And I'm sure he had his own laptop, cell phone, and Xbox. No doubt he had all those things. That he couldn't have when he was home. Boy, was he having a good time. Right? I don't know how many of you ever heard of Adrian Rogers, but great preacher. Just recently went home to be with the Lord here, just, just a few years ago. He said this, You are free to choose. Everyone's got a free choice. You are free to choose. You are not free not to choose. No choice is a choice. You are free to choose, but you are not free to choose the consequences of that choice. So what's he saying? Every time you choose or don't choose, you're choosing. Do you know every time we have an invitation here at the church, you're making a choice? 
Either you're going to choose to obey God and walk with God and do right and let the Spirit of God who's speaking into your heart mold you and make you into that person that God wants you to be or you're going to choose not to. Yeah, he chose wrong. A little bit different picture, right, than this. Now, did it take some time for him to get to here? But what ran out? His resources. That's why I've told you, don't support the fool. Sometimes we can get in the way of God's discipline. Sin is like a credit card. Enjoy it now, but you will pay later. He paid a heavy price. Praise God, Dad was there. I'm sure Mom was right behind him. Welcoming their son home, but only after repentance. Repentance and repentance alone brought about this restoration. It wasn't a mistake that this story is in the Bible. How many people are saying, I wish I could hit the rewind button in my life? If I could only tell you how many people have come to me after all these years of preaching and saying, Pastor, if I would have just known these things, what you preach today, if I would have just known that, I could have saved myself from, and on goes the list of heartaches. Church, there's no rewind button. Praise the Lord, there's the forgiveness button. But the consequences of sin will follow us. Paul said in here, and do I exercise myself to always have a conscience void of offense toward God and toward man? You cannot be right with God until you're right with your fellow man. Clearing of the conscience. With God, it's the easy part to go to your fellow man that you've offended and hurt and been a bad example to, have lied to and deceived, maybe even stolen from. To go back and clear your conscience is a whole other matter. You have been listening to the Fellowship Baptist Church Sermon Podcast. We hope this message was a blessing and encouragement to you. If you would like more messages, visit our website at fbcclarklake.org where all of our messages can be downloaded for free. Also, you can subscribe to the Fellowship Baptist Church Sermon Podcast on iTunes, Google Play, or SoundCloud. All of our messages are available for free. If you want to keep up to date on what's going on at Fellowship, follow us on Facebook, Twitter, or Instagram where you can see what's happening at Fellowship Baptist Church. If you'd like to visit us, Fellowship Baptist Church is located at 3200 Reed Road, Clark Lake, Michigan. Thank you so much for listening, and we hope to see you back here again next time.